You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and I'm joined with Mike again tonight. Hello, everybody. Tonight we are going to be discussing the genus Loci, and uh, of course doing all the other lovely things that we do. Excuse me while I pull things out of my pocket, because it's been a long day and my keys were stabbing me in the thigh. Fun. So... Okay, so let's 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 just kind of dive in. Okay, so Austin, how would you identify the concept of genus loci to somebody who like really just had no prior knowledge of this? What would you? How, what are the genus loci? The spirits of the <clears throat> land upon which you dwell. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I've had teachers tell me that the roots of our witchcraft are not just where we come from on an ancestral level. But the roots of our, of our witchcraft and our tradition and our practice are where we live, where our physical roots lie. And so that's what I usually describe to my students. The genus loci are the spirits that dwell within the area upon which you live, upon which you practice. Um, it's going to be different everywhere. And the genus loci kind of, they, they change even within states and even within cities. It's all going to be different all the time. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, so we know, I mean, obviously the word, you know, you say it, you're like, okay, this is, sounds Latinate in nature, right? And it is. It, in origin, it is something that comes from ancient Roman culture. It is Latin. Um, and though the way that Austin just identified that, um, you know, explained what the genus loci are, you know, and that's that's absolutely accurate. That's, that's exactly what they are. Um, historically or throughout time, we actually see kind of a slightly, sh- like a different concept of what these spirits were as opposed to the way that we perhaps identify them now and i want to say first of all that every culture has these kinds of spirits and these associations um there are many names for these kinds of spirits okay but um but the the genii uh which in old latin old you know roman roman language uh basically just was the term or meant begetter or one who creates uh, it was originally believed that these spirits were connected primarily to men. Um, and the reason for this, of course, is we understand that, you know, these these cultures were, of course, very patriarchal in nature, you know. And so, of course, it would be the men that would have these kinds of spiritual energies attached to them, right? And, we, of course, we realize that's bullshit now. Um, but um, the reason that these spirits would attach to, to men or were, were, were connected to men primarily was because these were going to be spirits that were going to facilitate or help these men to father children. Okay, and so that's one of the interesting associations, one of, I should say, the original associations we see with something like the genus loci. Um, but over time, the belief in these spirits, or uh, I would even say intelligences, um, has extended to include not only humans, but physical places, physical spaces. Um, even ancient humans uh, believed that there was very often spirit, a, a spirit of some kind that would be connected to a natural place, things like rivers, lakes, caves. Um, and of course, if we look at that a little more in depth, we can see the concept of animism, I think, then kind of spilling in, right? Austin, you want to remind our listeners again what animism is? Animism is the belief that everything has a, a spirit. Everything has a energetic vibration, pull, personality, whatever you want to call it. In some traditions, it's referred to um, as ka. Um, in some traditions, it's referred to as ki. And in other traditions, it's also referred to as ashe. Oh, ashe. I mean, the, every, again, every culture, even, uh, I think, Germanic, they, you know, um, and I believe it's a term that was, uh, unfortunately, uh, associated with the occultism of the Third Reich, mm-hmm. but you also have like concepts like Vril, 
mm-hmm. which was another basically just another term for what this underlying energy would be or um, you know just this this natural primal power um, so it's interesting if we think about um, spirits and you know not to tangent too much here but uh, but it's interesting if you think about these kinds of spirits because we really do find ourselves when you look at the way that these concepts were originally believed by say like ancient pagans and cultures and the way that we maybe tend to look at these things right now you know or, or understand in a more modern context we see kind of a very like a chicken and egg or chicken or egg kind of a situation right um and really what i mean by that is which of these really kind of came first right um human belief in these spirits through human belief in these spirits is that what brought these spirits into being or did the fact that these spirits existed influence human belief in them right and and for the purpose of our podcast today it doesn't really matter which of those maybe that you you would personally believe in but um but if we do look into most of the medical phys- uh, metaphysical information out there we understand that while humans are capable of creating spiritual intelligences like servitors and even other types of thought forms um humans are not capable of creating sentient and ancient forms of life like the genus loci. You know, I don't know a single witch, folk practitioner, whatever you may call them, I don't know a single one out there that is has got the level of skill and, and power to be able to actually create a nature spirit, right? These are things that kind of existed, mm-hmm. I would say, probably before humanity even did. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, many spiritualists, I think, are more inclined to believe that the presence of these spirits and human awareness of them creates almost like a symbiotic kind of a relationship. The spirits exist, but in a more primal slash abstract kind of a way. And it is human belief and interaction that stirs the energies of those spirits. And as a result, both spirit and human attain an expanded level of consciousness and awareness of each other, right? So Austin, is there a difference between, say, something that we would associate with like a, a spirit of the land and in a broader term, maybe like just local spirits? Yes, because a spirit of the land is going to be just in its nature, nature. Okay. Right? Um, the spirit of the land is going to be things like dryads or fairy or fae or, you know, whatever. Whereas a genus loci or a local spirit could be, it could be the spirit of someone who cared for that land so deeply and loved it so deeply. Um, it could be the spirit of the plants, you know, because fae are not spirits of plants, they are in and of themselves their own thing. Yeah. Um, whereas you might have like just the generalized spirit of rosemary mm-hmm. and there's just a bunch of rosemary growing around. The rosemary spirit's going to be very prevalent. Okay. All right. So, so a little bit of a difference. So mm-hmm. I could see how th- those they can could cross be things that could overlap. Also. Oh yeah. Almost yeah. definitely. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, what? What would you, how, how would you define in, in the situations where you've interacted with genus loci, you've interacted with these kinds of spirits? Um, and we're, I think we're going to kind of share maybe like an experience or two, like a little bit further into the episode around that. But, but in looking at just at the experiences, um, how would you describe the 
presence of these spirits to people. Like, like, you know, we talk about them having, you know, like a primal kind of intelligence, you know, certainly a sense of, like, they do, they do take up space. Like, they'll let you know they, they are there, um, you know, particularly if that land was theirs before it was yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but how would you identify, say, like, like the, the personality, the presence of these kinds of spirits? Just, just again, in general terms. Because, of course, they're all going to be different, right? Wild. Okay. Um, all of them are going to have a wild sense, untamable. They're not going to be... Um, some of them could have a little bit more of a softer feel, mm-hmm. you know, particularly if they can tell, like, oh, you're someone who would respect us. Um, because they do talk. Those spirits do talk. Oh, yeah, they will communicate. They communicate yeah. mm-hmm. with, with other spirits around. Yeah. Um, so, but it's very wild. Okay. It, it feels animalistic to me. Um, have you noticed a difference to maybe kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Because I, I have, um, and I can, can relate a little bit of this if you like, but, but asking you this or asking you to talk on this, have you noticed, say, a difference between the kinds of spirits that you would run into in, say, like a desert climate as yes. opposed to like a heavily forested oh, area? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The ones in the desert, they're like, why the fuck are you here? Yeah. They, they literally are like, you're stupid. Yeah, they things seem, come here yeah, to they, die. Yeah, they seem kind of cranky. Like yeah, they're, they're like, there, and things they, they come here like to die. This is mine. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Whereas a heavily wooded area is more or less like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Like, they're, well, they're curious you, almost. Yeah. Well, and have you noticed, would you say, because I've often wondered this, and I think, to be honest, you know, I have my own thoughts based on experiences that I've had, but, but would you say that... A lot of the time, genus loci spirits, particularly those maybe in uh, that are more inclined to react, uh, I, w- I would even say like with with hostility toward humans. Um, has it been your experience that a lot of the reason for that is because other humans have maybe been in that area and have done something disrespectful to the land? Most definitely, okay. most definitely. You know, um, I, I've I've been to parks where the park is absolutely beautiful, but the spirits are angry Mm -hmm. because a park was built there and now you have you know crotch goblins crawling all over the place and they're just like (laughs) ew this child is literally like peeing on my trunk what is happening okay you know um so yeah yeah i i will say they, they 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 seem to have that but i will also say um they can pick up on if you're a witch they do. The, well, and not just as a witch, I think, really, because I, I've talked with, uh, well, you too. We've both talked to, I think, a number of people over the years who would not be witches mm-hmm. in their spiritual practice necessarily. But just by the nature of who they are, they tend to be, like, they're highly sensitive. Yeah. You know, and um, and it's interesting because a lot of these people, when they first encounter a presence, like a, a spirit or an energy that we would refer to as genus loci, um, they're fearful because mm-hmm. these are energies that can be... Um, alien in their energy like they just they feel different right you know um, you can tell they are not human exactly and they and i think because of that a lot of people particularly those who maybe are unfamiliar with the the spectrum of different spiritual energies that we can come across um in our practice um they immediately go to kind of a dark place with these spirits Mm -hmm. and most of the time these are not really spirits that would harm you yeah you know they may not be happy that you're there but they're not really gonna harm you they won't harm you Sorry, it's been a long day. Um, Are you yawning through another podcast sorry. episode? Sorry. That's okay. Um, You're yawning and I'm coughing. So, you know, whatever. Um, 
they won't harm you, but I will say they can create mischief. You yeah. know, they're not going to like, well, it depends. If you're in the, the Ozarks and the Appalachians, yeah, they're going to drag you out from the woods and no one's going to be able to find you. Um, but if you're just like out in the woods and you're hanging out, you're mm-hmm. going to, they're going to make weird noises. They're going to yeah. make you feel maybe a little bit disoriented. I feel like, I think it's like very much that feeling uh, people talk about, you know, like walking through a wooded area late at night yeah. and feeling a sense like I'm being watched. Yeah. Uh, that that's that is these spirits yeah. usually in action. That or they'll yeah. they'll make they'll, they'll they'll actually make you get lost. Yeah. Um. Just because they'll just kind of like fuck up your sense of direction. Well, humans are fun to play with. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So okay. So all right. So to, to expand on that. Okay. So if someone were to decide they wanted to consciously approach and work with these kinds of spirits, which is actually I was I think kind of a good thing mm-hmm. to do. As a, these a, are particularly as a witch. Yes. Sh- yes. We should. I think we should be incorporating these spirits into our work a bit more than we do. Um, what what would you say people could expect in the process of working with spirits like this? In the process of working with the spirits of Genesis Loci, they're not going to make huge demands that a lot of people see, like, I want that plastic unicorn horn on an altar for me. They're going to, they, they want nothing to do with plastic. Mm-hmm. They're going to want natural things. They want works of labor. They want to see you cleaning up the area. They want to see you honoring. They want to see you making sure that your fucking spell jars aren't getting buried out there that you're actually reducing, reusing, recycling. You know, they want to see that you are doing what you can to take care of what was here before you mm-hmm. and will be here long after you're gone. Okay. Because they will be here long after you're gone. Yeah. Well, and taking care of the physical spaces around us um, even areas that have been developed, you know, because mm-hmm. these spirits exist in cities as well. Yes, I mean, they they're, they're everywhere, you know. Um, and but I think taking care of the physical space around us is, um, as you were just stating, is kind of a nice way to uh, establish a bridge or to connect mm-hmm. these kinds of spirits. You know, I think these the genus loci are far more likely to respond favorably to someone who has, you know, moved into a particular area and has made sure that they they have been you know, kind of a warden of the land, yep. right? They've, they've picked up litter. They've, you know, they've done the best that they can to make sure that they're not polluting, you know, overly. Because as humans, that's what we do, right? It doesn't seem to matter what we do. We always leave a carbon pr- footprint, right? Yep. Um, you know, but to do as little of that as possible, you know, um, seems to be, I think, important. And I think that connecting with these spirits, would you would you support me on this, Sophia? Because I, I'd love to hear your take on this. Connecting with these spirits can be something that can be really beneficial for us as spiritual practitioners of, of any 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 title um in our in actual our spell work primarily because these are spirits that are very much going to have going to have a lot of influence over the of the energies that move through any physical space right and mm-hmm. as say a witch or a practitioner of some kind if you were to move into an area and there was the spirits in that area for whatever reason, took a dislike to you. They were not happy with you being in that area. Those are spirits that could potentially get in the way mm-hmm. of your working. They could be like, oh, you want to raise this kind of energy here? <laughs> I don't think so. You know, and they could potentially cause issue with your working, right? Mm-hmm. Have you? Has that been your experience? I'm sure you and I, we both have had moments where we've, we've found that to be the case. Yes, particularly, um, I've never had that been, been, the, been the case with me. Um, oh, really? Because um, you're so special. Well, no. No, I'm just saying that, like, you know, being someone who grew up 
practicing and mm -hmm. so like that I, I was very aware of these spirits okay and so you know if i'm gonna go to a place that's naturally peaceful and like has a really good vibe i'm not gonna do ba a baneful working there yeah you know if i'm gonna do a baneful working i'm gonna go someplace that has a little bit more of a chaotic energy you know yeah. logic <laughs> use your fucking brain it's not hard um but um i have seen some practitioners um even students of mine and even some of our cover members mm -hmm. um say like i went here to do this thing and i just got this like sick like not here yeah not here yeah. and part of that's most likely because it wouldn't even be the type of working it's just like the spirits again are like who are you why are you in my home you're dropping off your garbage here yeah what's going on yeah. you know it's very similar to working with cemetery spirits yeah. um so i i have seen that i have seen spells not work fizzle backfire or just get completely wrecked yeah. um, because the genus loci were like, first off, you took from us without asking. Mm. Second, you're not doing anything to clean up your mess. Third, could you please like recycle maybe a little bit? Yeah. That would be great. Well, and this can happen in very mundane ways too, mm -hmm. like things you wouldn't think about. Like for, for, for example, okay, for instance, we, when we open the shop, mm -hmm. right? Um, a lot of people who are familiar with our shop will know that we, rather than choosing to open our shop in like a big retail mm -hmm. business kind of complex space, we actually chose to open our shop in just a little red brick house. Yep. We wanted something that was kind of evocative of like the, we're just, we're just kind of like the village witch. Yep. Just come and see us at home kind of is the feel, right? Yep. You know, and, and in the process of preparing the, the space to become a business, you know, one of the things that we ran into, particularly with the outside area, because we're running a business, we need parking for our customers and mm -hmm. clientele, right? One of the things that we ran into was tree spirits, particularly in the front of the property. They're like, you are not going to pave this land. No way. Don't even think about it. Mm -hmm. Asphalt, concrete, not going to happen. You know, and, and we, of course, had to then really kind of revise our plan. We're like, okay, well, we still need to facilitate parking for our customers, so what can we do? Which is why we ended up putting in, like, we have a gravel lot out there, mm -hmm. you know, and we have people ask, why gravel? You know, and we've explained to them, like, this this really does prove to be a, a more natural kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Like, we haven't paved the earth, you know, we haven't pressed the earth down under concrete, Yeah. you know, um, and, and I think as a result, the, the spirits on the property seem to get along a lot better with us, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that was kind of like, like the understanding, right? Don't, don't harm us. Don't do this to the land here, you know? Um, and so again, in, in a, again, I want to say in very mundane ways, these things can pop up. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I mean, it <clears throat> was almost three years ago. Almost three years ago? Yeah, almost three years ago when we had had the earthquake. Um, God, was that three years ago? I thought yeah, because like... it happened right as we shut down. Yeah, it was like the first. Oh, right. It was, the, it was our first year open here in this yeah. space. And you're right. Yeah. And like, like, also like, right. got everything hit, like COVID hit, yep. everything. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. But the land spirits here were pissed. And so we actually did a little bit of a ceremony mm -hmm. to call them in and basically say, hey, we're not doing these things. We're recycling. We're doing all we can to do this, you know, and we tried to like bring peace to them. And so the land spirits here, our genus loci here mm -hmm. are pretty happy. And as a matter of fact, because, because of us, the genus loci <laughs> in the area, you know, our neighbors and just kind of like all around on, our, on like our kind of like little city block, mm -hmm. most of the genus loci are actually pretty chill. Like they mm -hmm. actually think we're pretty cool because they know that, they can come here yeah. and we can 
Well, and I think that manifests in the light, uh, or in the lights, in the uh, experiences that people have when they come here. Yes. Like, because one of the things we hear a lot from people when they come onto the property is everything feels very calm here. Yep. I feel very welcome here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'd like to say that's us, but I know it's not me. Um, it, it's it's the it's the, the spiritual mood. it's the spiritual energies here. So anyway, that's enough of us, mm-hmm. you know, aggrandizing ourselves, right? I also think we probably have a, a power sink here, but that's just me. A power sink? Yeah, where ley lines cross. Oh, okay, interesting. All right, we'll have to maybe explore that a bit more. All right, so uh, again, going back to my question a moment ago, uh, the, uh, again though, so what else could people expect if they were trying to work more consciously with these spirits? What kind of responses are common from these kinds of spirits? What what kind of what, perhaps what kind of communication is is common for these spirits? Because I it's been my experience at least that these are not spirits that come at me with uh, here's English spoken language. This no. is what I need. No, it they, tends they to are be, preferable. Yes, it tends to be a, like it's highly like, highly primal emotion. You know, very, very, like, things that I think would definitely be more inclined to hit the subconscious component yeah. of our being. Than, Emotions, like, colors, yeah, symbols, is, shapes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I would most definitely agree with that. They, they, um, they're also not going to um, show themselves to you as an angelic being of light. Yeah, yeah, um, the, yeah these are not angels, to be clear. Yeah, yeah these are not angels. Most of the time, they're not even going to show themselves to you. Yeah. You know, on occasion, you might catch a glimpse of them, like, in the tree branches, on the bark mm-hmm. of a tree, in the grass, or, you know... We get little whirlwinds all the time out front, mm-hmm. and I know that's the spirits because everything else won't be moving. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So, so they present themselves in a pre-verbal manner where it's impressions, it's um, gut feelings, uh, it's, it's desires, like just an insatiable need to just go out and do this thing. Go out and do this. Okay. And it's like you can't ignore it, particularly if you're connected to the land, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, me, it, it happens all the time. It happened last summer with me planting stuff. It was, we are thirsty. You're talking about your poison garden? Uh, well, and uh, just the just the backyard in general. It was very, we're thirsty. And, and, and like, I would <clears throat> physically manifest those symptoms of like, oh my God, like, like I have sand in my mouth. Okay, yeah. We're like where you are almost like a like again, kind of like a a sympathetic kind yes. of a response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So what and you and you, you kind of touched upon this a few moments ago, but what would you recommend to people in in way of offering these kinds of spirits? You mentioned earlier that they don't really like they don't want plastic. Nope. They don't want the things. Would you say it's fair that Anything that would we, we would understand to be like potentially like harmful or, or wasteful to the environment would probably not be a good idea. That would be a bad idea, indeed. Okay. Okay. Bad idea, indeed. Ways to... to Offerings, obviously, fertilizer. Okay. Uh, plant about, something. What would you say? And I'm sorry, I know I asked you a question and I'm interrupting you because um, that's what I do. Okay. But um, what about offerings of the self? Offerings of the self would be good. One of the things that, that I've talked about, particularly here with Ravenstone, because she loves to go out into the desert. She's a rock hound, and she mm-hmm. loves to go out into the, into the desert. And um, one of the things that she's gotten into doing um, as part of a ritual process when she's out in the desert is she will actually go, um, and this might sound, you know, odd or, or even maybe a bit, you know, gross to some people, but, but Ravenstone will actually go out and she will, um, like, spit 
like she will actually share, you know, and she'll have communication with particular spirits while she's out in the desert. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, like, this is like, I don't, ha- I didn't bring water with me for you. I'm so sorry. So please take water from me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we could do that with other things too, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm not saying anybody should do this, but you know, you could potentially make a blood offering. Yep. You know, um, only do that if you want to tie yourself to the land and those spirits there. And if they say yes, exactly, because there yeah. are there are some times where you could do that and spirits will go, ew, yeah, why would we want your blood? Yeah, it's true, particularly if that if those are areas I find that I've seen like a lot of like physical mm-hmm. human violence. Well, and if you yourself just aren't very healthy, they're gonna yeah. be like, why would I take your unhealthy blood into yeah. me? Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, I could see, yeah, okay, I could see situations for that, yeah, but. Okay. All right. So what what other kinds of things would be good? You know? Um, um, we, we've talked about this a little bit. Cornmeal. Cornmeal is mm-hmm. a good offering. Um, I have a ritual that I have my students do to connect to the genus loci mm-hmm. where they actually go out and they will actually, like, do a, a circle of cornmeal. Mm-hmm. Um, incense. They actually do like incense. Okay. Um, as long as it doesn't have chemicals or something that are going to damage. Yes. Yeah. Um natural wind chimes. So if you can find, if you can make your own, you know, you have some seashells or something, ah, string those okay. together and hang those. Okay. They like those things. They like bottles, strangely enough, like glass bottles hanging from trees. Mm-hmm. They really do like that. It's <clears throat> it's shiny, it's pretty, yeah. it catches the glimpse of, of the light and they can play with it. They can, they yeah. can alert you. Use it to make them. noise and, and yeah. light. Yeah. Um, other things is just, verbal thanks what about what about the concept of uh we understand that nature and because these spirits are so closely tied to the natural land Mm -hmm. that they that they exist on right because we understand that nature kind of exists as a web or a network Mm -hmm. would you say that like food offerings potentially would also be favorable yes not not necessarily to be consumed by these spirits but by the animals by the animals of the area that are also connected through kind of that energetic network oh yeah to the genus loci oh yeah most definitely i um um, one of the things that I used to do when I worked with the Morgan um, was I would take, like, the the turkey carcass from Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I would just, I'd put it outside. I'd take it, and I'd put it out in the wild okay. for for the animals, because they'd come, and they would they would eat the, they'd take the bones, yeah. they'd eat the remaining of the meat, the skin, the fat, um, and that's how I built a connection with one of my favorite places from where I'm from. Okay. Yeah, most definitely. Offerings of food, making sure that it's not like highly processed food. Yeah, you know, you yeah, want to make yeah, sure like, that yeah, like, you don't run by McDonald's and give give yeah. you know your favorite tree a, a, yeah. you know, a Big Mac. That's yeah. not not a good no. idea. Uh, French fries, maybe. <clears throat> French fries, maybe because they're McDonald's. Fries. I do love McDonald's fries, um, <clears throat> but or, or offerings of fruit. Yeah, fruit is good. You know, yeah. depending yeah. on Natural where. Foods. Yeah. yeah, depending on also what type of genus loci you're connecting to. That's you true. Know, if you're in the yeah. desert, yeah. Water. Yeah, water is going to be important. Yeah, water is going to yeah. be important. Yeah. Foods that are heavy in water. Yeah. Um, if you're in the woods, yeah. stick to fruits because most likely the, the animals that are going to stop by there are going to be omnivorous mm-hmm. um, or uh, herbivores yeah. or even frugivores. And they're going to want that more. Yeah. Well, and it's, remember, be, be mindful with that, though, too, because, you know, we know that there are certain foods that are not... Yes. Good for certain animals. Yes. Right, so we do need to be mindful yeah. of that. One of the yeah. things that we actually do at home <laughs> is we do um, birdseed. Yes, we do. Yeah, we put birdseed out, uh, particularly during the times of the year where it's very difficult for the local birds to, to find, yep. you know, to forage for you know, natural food supply. So, yeah. And that's a good way to, to honor mm-hmm. the, the netlands. And then when they poop, well. they plant more seeds. 
Uh, yes, yes, that is true. Yeah, there we go. That example of that network of nature, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so this is an interesting question, I think, and um, you know, and I should clarify now that we're you know basically you know halfway into the episode, but the a lot of these questions were actually uh, submitted by one of our listeners, you know, and so we wanted to talk on this topic, but uh, but it's been actually kind of nice because the questions that this listener submitted actually really kind of touch upon all of the points that we were going to make, and so it's it's just kind of cool the way things kind of synced up a little bit, so. Would you say, and I think, again, we've said a few things that probably already really kind of, kind of, again, touched upon this, but different cultures and, of course, different regions. We've mentioned desert regions mm-hmm. specifically. Different cultures and regions, um, I think, are going to have different ideas or different methods, ways for how they would interact and work with their land, right? And as, as a result, different ways that they would work with their genus loci, you know, right? You're going to find, I think, that cultures and communities that, say, like, live on coasts, Mm-hmm. are going to have much deeper associations and connections to the sea and water and those kinds of spirits because genus loci exist in the seas as well. Yes. They're everywhere. Um, then say someone, again, maybe like in, a, in an, an environment like ours where mm-hmm. we're basically like, you know, we're not, we're, we're supposed to be like, we're in a desert climate here, but we're also very mountainous. Yeah. You know? Um, <clears throat> and so, I don't know. So it, I guess would you find that, that that was of significance, not just region, geographic region, but also culture? Yes. Okay. Right. Yes, because the way that one culture is going to connect with those is going to be different than the others. Mm-hmm. Normally you will see offerings of food. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some commonalities, yeah. um, but the way that the Dene are going to honor or work with those genus loci is going to be completely different than mm-hmm. how the Snohomish would. True. Yeah. Um, or even Blackfoot or even Cherokee, okay. you know? Well, but I mean, it goes beyond, say, like like uh, indigenous American yeah. communities. I mean, I mean, really, I get cultures all over the exactly. world. Exactly. The, the way the Roma <laughs> people, mm-hmm. the way we would connect or our, one of our tribes would connect would be completely different than where we were at, yeah. you know? Um, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why the Roma people... Uh, why we have such a strong connection to the land is because one, we're nomad, we were nomadic yeah. in nature, and so we had to make sure that we were at peace with those spirits wherever we went. Because um, the last thing you wanted to do was in your caravan having lots and lots of n- n- mean, nasty spirits and marime. Yeah, happening. well, exactly. Yeah, you you didn't want to be the cause of of that that negative energy. Yeah, or or on the receiving end of negative mm-hmm. energy, exactly. Um, yeah, so I think it's interesting if we look at concepts like this too, because I know that there are stories or that there are things that would uh, potentially associate spirits like the genus loci, um, and I'm I'm going to go specifically to Middle Eastern uh-huh. uh, folklore and and spirituality, ancient folklore, spirituality, Jin. and jinn specifically. Where we could see jinn being uh, and not the a drink. type of genus loci, genies, jinn, right? Yeah. Ifrit, you know, whatever you want to call them. DJ, right? um, I-N-N. Yes, but we could see them, jinn are, are in many old uh, Middle Eastern uh, folklore uh, stories, these kinds of things, jinn are seen as genus, uh, genus loci. Mm-hmm. There are these kinds of spirits. But in many of those cultures, jinn are, are to be avoided. Yes. Like, we don't mess with these spirits. We leave these alone. Yep. You know, um, and it would be common, I would say, to say uh, many of the like, Gaelic communities who are like, we don't mess with the fae. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so it's interesting to me because there are cultures that are like, no, 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 yep. no. We don't go anywhere near this. We don't want to talk to these things. We just 
share the land and we hope that we don't do anything to piss them off. Yep. You know, um, and I think, again, you'll see that in other cultures. You know, we've mm-hmm. got stories like the Tomta. Yep. You know, um, very, <laughs> do very, not upset <clears throat> your Tomta. Yes, do not upset your Tomta. Give them all their, what is it? It's gruel. What do you feed the Butter and, it's and, like butter. It's, it's, it's like grits. Yeah. It's like butter it, and like, like some sort of like grainy. Yeah. It's lots mush, of butter. Grainy mush stuff. Yeah. Anyway. I just know I was <clears throat> reading up on those stories for the class I taught and I was like, Grits. Right. Yeah, grits do sound good right now. Yeah. Savory. Savory grits. Yeah. Um, all right. So what, how, how would you explain to someone who, again, was very new mm-hmm. and was wanting to d- develop a healthier relationship with these kinds of spirits, how would you recommend that they that they start? Well, first, take a, take a look at your private practice. All those stupid little spell jars that you're doing are not healthy or friendly to the environment. Yeah. All of those, um, all that salt that you're throwing out there onto the earth to protect yourself from negative energies during mm. your working is uh, a no-no. Don't do that. That, you know, when you salt the earth, it dies. Probably mm. probably not a good way to connect with those spirits. Um, do not cast a circle. If you want to connect to these energies, mm. don't go out and cast a circle and then try and call them in because you've literally said, I want no outside influences. Come on. Yeah. You know, um, don't, don't be disrespectful. Mm. You know, these are spirits that were here again before you and will be here a lot of them after you just point blank period. So when you move into a place and you want to connect with these into your craft, you approach them with respect. You approach them with honor. You approach them the way you would approach an elder because they are, they are older than you. Yeah. Even the youngest of them is older than the oldest of us. Mm-hmm. And so when you approach them, you approach them with respect. And you approach them with a simple petition. You just go outside and you just go, hey, I want to work closer with, with the spirits of the land here, with the spirits of this place. Um, let me know if there's anything I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to give you this offering. Please you know, man the boundaries mm-hmm. and protect this land. I will do what I can if you do what you can, yeah. you know? And that's how you would work that. Um, some proper offerings, things like honey, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I find items that are good for, or, or the items that we would associate with beginning yes, are always going to be good items or, yes. or for offering for moments where we're trying to actually begin something. Yes. Like we're trying to begin or establish a relationship with these spirits. So I would say like seed, yep. seeds, eggs, things that would have that we psychologically mm-hmm. associate with this is beginning. This is this mm-hmm. is the seed, the beginning, the potential. Oh yeah. Right. Those Bury are always eggs in the be, ground. Yeah. At the foot of <laughs> the oldest tree you can find. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Make sure you're not digging into those roots. Yeah. Don't dig into the roots. Yeah. Or if you're if you're afraid of that just go ahead and place the eggs around it because a magpie will come along most likely exactly you know uh place the eggs around that surround that with some cornmeal and i don't know maybe give it an offering of some incense okay you know what would you say um and we we talked about this i think on a prior episode of the podcast but there will be a lot of people maybe who are familiar with other types of traditions Mm -hmm. where um and i'm I'm, i guess for example i should just i should you know make make that a bit more specific but say um and and i i want to clarify in no way am i trying to say that you know there's anything problematic with these processes or absolutely is not but um but we understand in some 
of the uh, traditions that would fall within, say, like the branch of, like, say, like ATRs or like Lukumi, mm-hmm. these kinds of practices. We have spirits that we see, like with the Orisha, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the Loa, these kinds of spirits who are all often closely associated to particular natural kinds yes. of environments and things. Um, and it's common, I think, in a lot of traditions and practices to give these kinds of spirits, you know, offerings, say, of like, like very human things. I yep. would say like coins, yep. these kinds of things. Um, but it's been my experience in dealing with the genus loci that um, they're not really, they're really, to be honest, most of the time, they're not really interested in those kinds no. of things. Like if you go and you leave an offering of coins, say at the branches of, or the roots of a tree, that tree's going to be like, I, I don't need money. What are you doing? Yeah. Shiny. You know? Cool. Yeah. Think uh, an animal's going to come along and eat this and die. Yeah, yeah, or, or you know, potentially it could be something that maybe that with, you know, with enough time it would sit there and it would, you know, say oxidize or deteriorate in some way and it could potentially be harmful to the earth, yep. there, right? Yeah, so so we have to be kind of mindful of those mm-hmm. things, I think. Yeah, but but otherwise, I think anything that would be, you know, considered really truly biodegradable would probably be an acceptable offering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes, and, and again, sticking to natural. Just because all you have is a styrofoam cup to offer something in, and that styrofoam cup is biodegradable and it's recycled, doesn't mean that's what you should use. Suck it up, go get a dollar glass thing from the from the the, the dollar store, and do that. I, I'm I'm so sick and tired of the reddit. Yes, we're witches. We use what we have, but also we're witches. We don't use fucking styrofoam. We don't use fucking plastic. Yeah, we really we sh- we shouldn't. We should be avoiding those things. You know, and if if that's all you have to keep your herbs in, all right, cool. Yeah, whatever. But making a spell jar out of your plastic, mm-hmm. fucking whatever, yeah. Yeah. Bad. Don't do that. Yeah, probably probably not not yeah. the best practice just, anyway. Just back off yeah. the spell jars. How about that? Well, you were on, a, on an anti-spell jar kick tonight. Okay. Um, They're so aesthetically pleasing, but yeah. that's it. So can you relate a, a personal experience that you've had with, with genus loci? I've had several. Well, well, I mean, we don't need to, you know, don't you don't need to write a book. I'm just saying, like, like I'll do, share. I'll do, I'll, I'll do the ones that are the, the, okay. the, the, the one that's closest to me. Okay, go for it. Uh, so, um, the... The spirits that I worked with when I was at my um, previous house, my previous home with my parents, um, I grew up on that land. I grew up connecting with these spirits, connecting with these trees, and I was always very... um, Is it just William being noisy? It's just William making noise in the shop. Hi, William. We love and appreciate you. Um... I grew, I grew up with these trees mm-hmm. on our property. And when we first moved on this property, there was not really much there. But it was farmland. It was designated farmland. And it was wild. It was wild land. And so we moved on. And um, I could tell that we had upset the spirits because both my parents are not very... They're, they they grew up with this, but they did not grow up practicing. They grew mm-hmm. up around it. Yeah. Um, they didn't take care of that. And so I started getting really really spooked when we finally moved in because i was seeing i was seeing shit outside of my window i would wake up to go get a glass of water in the middle of the night and i would see spirits moving outside and and it was scary to me and so finally 
I talked to my nonna and I talked to my mama and and they told me like, oh, it's probably just the spirits. My grandma called them pains. Um, okay. And so I just kind of went out and I talked to them and I gave them an offering. Just kind of telling them like, hey, I'm so sorry that we moved in here, but we love and appreciate you. So could you please stop scaring me? <laughs> um, and, and it worked. And I started building and fostering a relationship with these. Eventually we built, we, we planted some trees around the boundary of like the main house and stuff. And um, I, I very much connect with them and they would warn me, they would warn me if my, if something was off, if something was off, they would warn me. The okay. trees would talk to me. They would move and they would say like, you need to read your words. Something's off. Something's mm -hmm. gotten through. Okay. Um, and they, they would play with the horses and the farm animals and get them riled up. Mm. Um, I could always tell if someone had pissed off one of them because they would tell me. So eventually I built this relationship with them. And when I moved out, I, I had to make peace with them. You know, I loved them and I was going to miss them. And to this day, if I drive past my old house, they, they still kind of pick up on my energy and recognize me. Hmm. But again, they're timeless. I'm not. So that's, that's that, that, that's right. been one of my, that's my most relatable experience is, Growing up and building and fostering the relations of that land, working magic on that land, um, learning what those what those spirits of those trees and those plants were good for. I had a lot of uh, yarrow that grew wild. Um, looking back, I had mugwort that grew wild. I had lilac trees, um, honeysuckle, trumpet vines. I had all these lovely, lovely things and all these natural things that I could work with. And when I started working with them, I had much more powerful results to my spells than just going and buying that, mm -hmm. you know, weird esoteric herb because the spell book said so. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, you know, that's kind of slightly a different conversation, but that is true. You're going to get greater results <coughs> from the physical things you do take from your environment. If you've taken the right steps to mm -hmm. familiarize yourself with those things and you procure them in the mm -hmm. right way. I, yeah. One of my favorite stories with those spirits in particular is um, they trapped neighborhood kids in our barn. They trapped neighborhood children in your barn? Yes. That sounds um, terrible. Well, these kids were running around because originally we it was just us in this area. There was like maybe two other houses. And then, okay. of course, gentrification happened. And so we had like a huge cul-de-sac coming up to the north of us. Okay. And these teenagers who had picked on me all throughout high school and junior high and stuff, decided that they were going to be ding-dong ditching and egging and doing all these horrible, horrible uh, things okay. in the neighborhood. And so they decided they were going to come hide out on my my land, on our property. Okay. And I just remember getting this feeling, this move up my, up my body like someone's on the property. I could feel it. And so, of course, I start getting freaked out. I'm the only person home. Uh, I think it was about 16 or 17 at this point. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, shit. Robber, murderer. Of course, I was watching horrible, horrible movies, scary movies. So I was like, huh, Freddy Krueger's coming. Uh, <laughs> and I looked out and I saw these shadows moving around. And I was like, ah, it's neighborhood kids. Mm. And I saw them, I saw them go into the barn. I saw the barn lights 
flick on, mm -hmm. which would only be turned on by a code, and only me and my dad knew the code. Oh, okay. Um, and then I saw them, saw the doors slam shut. Okay. And they couldn't get out. And so when the parents came to the house and they were like, we think the kids are in your barn... And I was like, oh, yeah, they're locked They're locked in the barn, I'm sure. And they're like, what? And I just kind of said, whatever. They went, and I actually had to go with them so the barn doors would actually release. Ah, okay. And the kids couldn't, the, the kids were terrified. Okay. It looked it looked like a storm. As they should be. Yeah, it, it, well, it looked like a, a sandstorm went <clears> off in there. <throat> and there was dust and everything kicked up. Poor, one of the guys had hay fever. It was great. Hmm. I was okay. like, that's what you get. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so that's the, that's the kind of stuff that can happen when you build and foster a, a healthy relationship with the genus loci. Okay. Well, that would be like a fairly... Um, well, that was years and years ago. I was going to say, that was years ago. And that would be like a fairly... Um, I don't know how common an experience like that would be for most people, you know, um, unless they also had rotten neighborhood children in a barn available on their property. Exactly. Well, I'm like, well, that's just what I'm saying. Like, they'll, they'll, if you've built a relationship with them, they'll, they'll tell you, like, something's off. Something's not yeah. good. Something's yeah. weird. Yeah. You know, that stuff happens to us at the, at the house all the time. Mm -hmm. They'll pop up to us, like, something's wrong. Something's not right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that happens here, too. Yes, it does. Yeah, our spirits here are always pretty good to, like, let us know, like, oh, this person that's coming in next is probably going to be a little difficult. Mm -hmm. And we get those, those kind of those those senses. I mean, we had that we had that experience today. We had someone come in, and I have a I have a particular spell going on right now in the shop, mm -hmm. um, just to help keep the energy moving. It, we've kind of hit that that place that that time of the year where it's a little like oof stagnant. You know, people are coming off for the holidays, and we're getting ready for the summer. Mm -hmm. And so I had a I have a spell going on, and I came in, and I was just loaded up with incense. None of my incense have camphor in them, and. All I could smell was camphor. I came in and I just smelled camphor. Mm -hmm. And and I believe it's because the spirits, the genus loci, decided to take up some of that and move that through the shop to make sure the energy stayed clean. Okay. I'll buy that. <laughs> what? No, you're good. You asked me to talk more in the No, I did. So I, I, well, we had someone ask us to share some personal experiences. So, yeah, okay, so. well, how about you? Share your personal experience. Um, you know, I, I gave it a little bit of thought, and I think the one that I'd like to share, because like you, I've had, I've had a few over the years, but the one that I wanted to share, actually, I, I wanted to share because it's not, it really isn't about me. Mm -hmm. It's about some of the people that we had an opportunity, and you were there. We had a people, an opportunity to go and help uh, someone, and uh, basically th this was someone that contacted us who had, um, who owned a home on a particular plot of land, I would say a relatively large plot of land, actually, um, but I'm sure also used to be farmland. Um, that's not what they were doing with it, but I'm sure at one point that's what, the, what it was. And they had noticed that um, they they had some unpleasant energy, like things just, they, things felt oppressive. It felt like there was like this tension in the home. Even the, even the human, the people living in the home were struggling emotionally. You know, they were, they were hearing... Is odd noises in the house at, at, at odd hours. They were seeing things like shadows moving through the house and, mm. and there was, anyway, um, and we went out there, you know, of course, because they contacted us to go out and do a cleansing on the property to do a clearing because they were sure like they had something sinister happening there. And we got out to this space. And of course, as soon as we arrived and we started to, you know, to kind of interview this person a little bit before we started to actually cleanse, um, you know, it, it, 
was obvious that there was some very extensive renovation happening. Oh, on that this one. Property. Okay. You know, and so I, it was a very easy conversation. You know, we we talked to the woman that the, that owned the home and and the, the property there. You know, and we were like, well, you know, you would hadn't by chance. You know, have you noticed that this activity kind of kicked up when the renovation started? And she was like, yeah, actually, yeah, that that's kind of, you know. Um, you know, and we were like, well, th these things have to be tied. You've you've made changes not just to the physical home here, but also to the land around mm -hmm. the home. You know, they you know, added um, on. Yes, you know, and you know, and you you've done some things, you know, here that I think have you know really not. It is not a it, you are not being haunted. This is not a, an evil spirit mm -hmm. or a shadow person. This isn't anything like that. This is really the land. And to support that, um, I remember you and I going onto the back of the property which was fairly extensive, yeah. you know, that lot kind of continued back. And there was a large evergreen tree yes. in the back. And it was the tree itself, actually, that I think told us both, like, these people moved into the land, they're changing things. We weren't asked, and we're pissed off. We're angry with the way that this has been handled. And, and we're fearful, because with all the other changes that have already been made, how much longer before... I get cut down. Mm -hmm. How much longer before these plants over here are ripped out of the ground? Yep. How much, you know? And so, and we were able to work with and communicate with the spirit of that tree, which is genus loci. Yep. Right. Um, we were able to communicate with that spirit, and and after doing that, we then of course went back in to speak to the human, mm -hmm. the woman in that situation, and we were like, whatever you do, don't harm that tree. Yeah. Go out and if you can, as soon as you can, go out and make a simple offering, something of this kind, to that tree. Go out, leave it at the roots of the tree, and make it very clear. Speak. This is for you. This is a gift. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. I we can we live here peacefully, you know. And you know, and and I think she did that, and she and she was fine, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was probably two years later. Uh, um, it wasn't two years. It was, was maybe a year. Was it just a year? Yeah, okay. maybe a year was, or like nine a, months. It was a while later, and I I think um, the reason I'm thinking that it was so much longer is because she accomplished quite a bit of the renovation in that mm -hmm. time. Um, I know we, we were, were still in the middle of coronavirus because we all had masks. That's right. You're right. Yeah. So anyway, but we went back out to that property a second time. Yes. And, um, and of course she had done a lot of the renovation and she, I think if I understand she, or I remember correctly, she was still in the process of changing things. Mm -hmm. Well, um, she on, had, uh, she had added two, um, like trailers yeah, she and had, had like tenants. Yeah, she yeah, she had um they weren't like trailers, they were like she'd actually built like little bungalows or little yeah. houses on the back property. Um but that time it wasn't really her. What had happened or what had stirred up those spirits again at that point is that someone had purchased the property behind hers. Yep. And they were ripping everything up because they were going to turn that into a new subdivision, like a yep. new, new neighborhood. Um <coughs> Excuse me. And once again, the spirits, the line, like, we're really not happy here. Oh, my God. Like, the, the, what are you doing? You know, and, you know, because her house was the nearest home to where things were now being changed, you know, these spirits were kind of stirring up activity in her home again, you know. Um, and so once again, we kind of had to have the conversation like, you know, this is what's going on. This is not a harmful or malicious kind of a spirit. This is not a haunting, but you have spirits here on the land now. Once again, that are not happy yeah. because they're they're migrating, they're moving to, to your um, property. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so you well, know, she also so had tenants in those those. She those, did, and I, if I remember correctly, one of her tenants in particular was kind of troublesome. Yes, for her. Um, uh, one of the trees, but, the, the big evergreen, told me that they, um, they, they were, they were. They were doing unnatural things there. Unnatural things? Yeah. And basically, it was, he was a tweaker. 
Oh, so like so so dr- uh, yeah. drug activity. Gotcha. Okay. Yes, the evergreen did not like okay. that. Gotcha. Well, it, well, God, what a judgmental tree. Jeez. Anyway, um, but um, it was uh, interesting because after you know again, kind of reminding her like, hey, this is kind of really a better way to deal with the situation rather than going through the home and doing a big cleansing and clearing mm-hmm. all the energy out do something to actually just kind of maybe bring a little bit of peace back to the spirits of the land yeah. here. And once again, that's something that like that solved the problem. Yep. You know? Um, and so I think uh, that would be one of the experiences I would share. And I, I think uh, one that kind of, um, again, kind of emphasizes that even as someone that wouldn't be a witch, because this woman isn't like she's, yeah. you know, she's got no spiritual, yeah, she's, you know, yeah. um, you know, she's, you know, she wasn't, she's not really religious, you know, uh, but certainly would not be in the realm of the kind of work we do as witches. This just isn't her thing, right? Um, but even someone who um, isn't familiar with these kinds of concepts or someone who maybe isn't, you know, uh, versed in how to deal with these kinds of spirits is still able to work with them in some capacity to maintain some degree of balance and peace. Right, you don't have to be like you know the biggest, baddest witch on the block to be able to handle these kinds of spirits, right? Yeah. Um, at least not in that context. So, anyway, do you have any um, book suggestions for people? I've got I've got a few actually that I think would be good places to learn a bit more about these spirits and how to interact with them. Do you think of any? <sighs> yes, uh, Grimoire of the Thorn Blooded Witch. Okay. By Raven Grimasi. I know that a lot of people have issues with Raven Grimasi. Um, I I don't necessarily have issues with Raven. Um, he was a huge voice in the community for such a long time. Yeah, yeah. And it's only because of him that people are flounce around claiming to be a Stregeria. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that is very and true. And you know what? Yeah. Good on you. Good on you. Um, even though you're just an Alexandrian Wiccan with some Italian seasoning. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some garlic salt. Um, but Grimoire of a Thorn Blood of Witch is a really good one because um, it talks about building relationships with these plant spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it gives you practical yeah. ways to do that yeah. in the book. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, God. There are several. Uh, Keldon's, actually, The Crooked Path oh, yeah. has lots of like working with those types of spirits with the Genus Loci. Okay. Um, best I'm Staying in Sword does because uh, Christopher Oropello and Terrell Love McGuire. Um, their tradition, they don't work with gods. They yeah. are very much like genus loci. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is... Yeah, like, yeah. We, this work with, is... we work with the, the physical environment. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I personally really love and enjoy. Well, that would make sense to me, though, because you are someone that would be within the realm of, like, conjure, hoodoo, yes. root work, this kind of thing in your personal practice. Yes. And I think that those spirits are going to be particularly important and influential in those traditions. Yes. Yes, I, I, I know I, I'm, I'm very in tune with those things. When they're upset, I'm upset. Yeah. Um, oh, trying to think of some others. Well, I had a couple. Backwoods witchcraft? Um, I'm not sure about No, Southern Cunning. Is it so, okay. Southern okay. Cunning. Yeah, I think Southern Cunning has some stuff in it, too. Okay. All right. I, I was going to th- recommend um, under, the tr- under, uh, excuse me, under the Witching Tree. Uh, Corinne Boyer? By, yeah, by Corinne Boyer. Okay. Um, that book is one that's in my personal library and um i find it and it's a book that deals a lot with the folklore yeah and the stories of particular trees and mm-hmm. plants um but it's it's very well researched and um you know the information she presents in there i think does paint a very clear picture of the identity the personality mm-hmm. of these kinds of spirits you know the book is of course titled under the witching tree but i i would say that the book is 
it goes beyond that. Yeah. Um, I would also throw out uh, Entering Hecate's Garden. Yes, by Entering Hecate's Cindy Garden. Brandon, which yeah. is a newer book. <clears throat> you know, I think it's been out for what, like maybe a year or so. It's been not too long, but um, anyway. But I would recommend that one as well. Um, that one, I will say, the the information is a bit more specialized. Um, but I, I also understand that, um, or would say that there are things in that book that give readers the ability to connect, I think, on a conscious level or more consciously with particular plants and the spirits of, of you know, the land, those kinds of things. Yeah. So those, those would be, mm-hmm. I think, some good resources. Um, another good one, mm-hmm. uh, The Devil's Dozen by Jimmy Gary. Okay. Um, Jimmy Gary's entire practice is very based um, I mean, she's Cornish and Welsh, so she works with a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, traditional witchcraft, a Cornish book of ways by Jim McGarry, Devil's Dozen by Jim McGarry. Um, I even think the Black Toad um, okay. would is one of them. Uh, uh, anything by Aiden Walker, as well. Oh yeah, Aiden Walker, uh, Six Ways, Changeling. Um, oh, I can't think of his other book's name, but he has three out. Um, anything by Aiden Walker is going to be highly focused on those things. Most traditional, and when I say traditional witchcraft, I'm not talking Wicca. I'm talking <coughs> traditional witchcraft. Most traditional witches and traditional witchcraft traditions are going to be focused on um, working with the genus loci. Because that's what we had. That's yeah. what we did. Yeah. That's where we are from. Um, and so, yeah. Well, and I think that many of the archetypes, if you look at traditional practices, uh, even within Wicca, and you'll, you'll have to forgive me, you know, I the last thing I want to do is make any of the Wiccans who listen to our podcast angry, but I, I personally, I do not view Wicca as a traditional witchcraft It's practice. not. It's a religion. Um, it but, is, it is um, maybe a hundred years old at this point. But um, but I would say um, many of the spirits that pop up, even spirits that we now currently identify as deities and gods, uh, they are were genus loci to begin yeah. with. Buka. <clears throat> yes, the Bukadu. Um, yeah, other figures like, you know, Kronunos. Kronunos. Um, uh, Pan. Different, yes, different deities, uh, even goddesses, different yeah. representations of goddesses. Demeter. Exactly. Demeter. These, these are all intelligences or spirits that were genus loci before they were gods. Yes. Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, is there anything else that we would like to discuss or share on genus loci? Not really. Just be respectful, honestly. And if if you're too scared that you might fuck up trying to work and establish the connection with the genus loci, best to just not. You know, um, if you're going to approach them with fear, they're very much like dogs. They can smell it on you. They can smell the fear and they're not going to be an asshole, but they're going to be like, this human's going to be fun to mess with. This human's going to entertain me. It's been a minute. Some of them, yeah. Uh, Most of them. Most of them. But also you have to remember these are not human spirits, which means you, you being scared and crying at them because they're spooking you, they don't understand. They don't get it. They're like, I, yeah. I'm looking in your window because I'm like, why are you here? Yeah, you yeah, know? that's true. Yeah, it would be similar to other kinds of spirits. You know, we've talked about that before in the past where we've talked about like fae. Yeah. And these kinds of spirits where like they don't have the same... Uh, understanding they don't because of the nature of their being because they are are very different forms of life they don't understand you know things like as humans you know that we we are you know we get hungry we get cold mm-hmm. it's not that they don't feel those things too but it's very different I yeah. think you know um it's just well it's, a it's, genus loci is not going to necessarily <clears throat> feel cold because that's just 
what is it's there. the season that's just what it's this the season. is like it gets cold this time of year yeah. so what's the problem why, exactly. why are you so why are you so upset that it's snowing because this yeah. is what this does you know this is what happens this time mm-hmm. of year exactly yeah so okay all right that that's that, that that's really that's really it as it goes to the genus loci but if you want to connect with them do some of those things read some of those books um and just all in all be respectful yeah you know be respectful don't be a dick yeah i think don't be a dick is always a good policy yeah yeah and and understand that you cannot remove these spirits yeah that's not how that works you know we have people who come in all the time who are freaking out and they're heading right for the sage and And he goes i need to burn some sage to get this demon out of my house and it's like no that's why it's there is because Mm -hmm. you've now disrespected a sacred medicine um and so the spirits are now pissed those ancestral spirits are pissed there's nothing you can do about this. You could switch up and burn Palo Santo. It's not going to do anything. You could switch up and burn Rosemary, Hyssop. It's not going to do a damn thing. Mm. It's not going to do a damn thing because you've upset the order, you've upset the balance, and you've you've pissed off this spirit. So first you have to make peace. And that usually comes in some form of reparation. Okay. And so when you have when, when, when you're dealing with this type of energy, and I can tell you this, most of the quote-unquote demonic or demonic activity that you're thinking you're experiencing is not a demon. Mm-hmm. Because true. a lot of the times, yeah. a lot of the times, genus loci, if they're upset, they're going to present themselves t- to a form that they know is intimidating. Mm-hmm. They're going to present themselves with glowing red eyes. Because on a subconscious level, we as humans know red danger. Yeah. Warning. Yeah. Right, they're going to present yeah. themselves. Or don't eat that bug; it tastes bad. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 going to present themselves with horns, with claws, with hooves, things that say, "I'm, I am scary. Mm. I will stomp you. I will claw you. I will bite you." Like drag queens. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Particularly the Boulay Brothers. I love the Boulay Brothers. Me too. Dragmorta and Swanthula. Yes. Um, but um, uh, but they're going to present themselves like that, and they're going to annoy you. They're going to do clawing on the walls and pinching you mm-hmm. and throwing shit because they're pissed. So if you can make peace with them, normally that will die down. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's let's wrap up our episode with cool. our usual segment. Cool. Um, this week, I think I want to mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want to switch away from what we've done the last few weeks with the. You know, how would we practically approach through witchcraft uh, world events and things? Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to do that on other episodes, but I've just kind of mixed things up a little bit. I'd like to talk about um, or go back to maybe like an old favorite. What are, what are we loving about witchcraft in our community right now? You got nothing to offer, huh? Um, I'm loving... I'm loving that there's a lot of new books coming out. Um, it's, it's that time of year where a lot of authors are, authors and publishers are like putting out books. So we have books like Satyr's Kiss coming out by Storm Fairy Wolf, mm-hmm. um, uh, Mastering Magic by uh, Matt Aron coming out, and, and, and a whole Keldon has a new one. Keldon has a new one that's coming out. Um, I mean, hell, even, even Devin Hunter is coming out with another another book. Mm-hmm. Devin Hunter's coming out with one on crystals. 
Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. It's, okay. So he, you have the Modern Witches Grimoire, mm-hmm. and then there's going to be the Modern Witches Spellbook of Crystals, I think is what it's called or something. Spellbook of Crystals? Yeah. So it's like using have to crystals with spells. And... Oh, I might have to check this one out. Okay. Yeah. As, the, as the guy's kind of like the crystal person here, I'm... You're the crystal person? Well, I'm the crystal energy healer here. I had to learn all that shit. I have a certification. Um, um, but, so I'm loving all this new information coming out. And I'm also loving, I'm loving that we're finally starting to really step up and fight, not necessarily fight back, but like really stand, stand up to a lot of those individuals that are saying, you can't do that because... You know, there's there, and these are the same people. I I have to interrupt you here because I thought you were one of these. No, no, no. There's a difference. There's there's someone like me where I'm gatekeeping, and I'm gatekeeping from a point of education. I'm gatekeeping from a point of like, yeah, you can't burn white sage because you're white. Like, get over it. Okay. Find something else. Well, but then there's other people. Probably shouldn't. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really really not going to do what you think it's going to do. Exactly. You know, yeah. but but then there's other things where it's like, um, honey doors are closed. No, the fuck they aren't. Shut the fuck up. They're not closed. Okay. Uh, conjure workers, hoodoo practitioners, folk practitioners are all going to tell you that. And if you want to argue that, look at the history. Look at the history. Honey is found in all cultures. It has been used in all folk practices. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're putting honey in a jar and closing it... Mm-hmm. On a vernacular, an English vernacular, that is a honey jar, mm-hmm. logically, you know. So I'm 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 enjoying that some of the more learned, educated voices are kind of stepping up and saying, like, you know what? Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Okay. Like you, you obviously don't know what you're talking about. You're going off the three videos that you watched on this on TikTok, <laughs> and you just need to shut up. You know. Um, I am. I'm I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying that we are finally being able to take back some of that power and take back some of that. You know what? It's great that you're here and it's great that you're trying to educate people, but you're not doing a very good job. Well, I think I think that's what it is. It's it's basically just like uh, helping to weed through some of the continuous miscommunication yes. that is out there. Yes. Um, um, there's something that I actually want to share. Um, that is actually a very pertinent thing because I was doing some research today. Okay. And um, this is something that um, I really like. Um, in Appalachia, we have a diverse, varying blend of spiritual practices and religions. All six major forms of Southern folk magic are found, and that includes hoodoo. Synchronicity is how the folk magic tradition survived. Religion as an ATRs are closed, other than New Orleans voodoo, which is a complex and often is difficult to separate the component of hoodoo within it, which is true. This group is called Appalachian Witchcraft. Every root worker, conjure worker, and hoodoo practitioner I know, coming from a long line of indigenous people and black and Native American heritage, would not and did not refer themselves as conjure workers, and within the specific culture, the term witch was frowned upon as many systems within the dysphoria still do, depending on where the slaves were brought and sold. And which region largely determines the exposure of how much of these slaves had influences. It's a huge thing that I was uh, that I was reading and looking at, and it's in... Where is this from? This is from uh, Kat Ironwood's book, 
the, 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 the green one, the hoodoo herb and root magic. Uh, okay. That, well, I mean, Cat Iron, what I just want to say is, is also can be a bit of a controversial figure. Yes. But Cat so. Ironwood, again, is a product of their time. Just like Buckland. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, just and, like and I will Cunningham. say, I mean, Kat, Kat, the one thing about Cat Ironwood is she, she knows her shit. Um, <laughs> and I think it's also quoted in, um, there's the, what is it, the American Folk Magic book. It's the newer one. It's big and thick, which we should probably carry that in the shop, actually. Um, okay. But uh, it's, it's it's quoted a lot in there, too. You know, how things are syncretic and they, and they blend together. And that's the nature of folk magic. What we're seeing a lot of with a lot of people in the community is they're taking folk magic and making it folkish. Folkish yeah. is the anthropological term for racism. Yeah. And they're taking folk practices, which would have been shared across villages with different families, like recipes. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Depending. You know, there are certain things you would keep close. Like the senature in Italy? No. They're all going to be different. Depending on your family, initiations had to happen, and did some stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, me. I'm, I'm a product of that. Um, but, um, but things like... This is the Molochio prayer that I use. Oh, really? This is the Molochio prayer I use. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff would be shifted and changed. Mm -hmm. Just like using honey jars, for example. Just because it's part of a practice that could be closed or is considered closed doesn't mean that it itself is closed. Yeah. It's the rituals and the spirits therein that are. Okay. Not the working itself. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's that's something that I'm loving is that we are actually having some voices in that community and in the community stepping up and saying like, okay, thank you so much for trying to protect this and police this. We appreciate that. However, your information's wrong. Mm -hmm. And here's why. And here's how it should be stated and what it is doing versus you just going, oh, I saw... XYZ do a honey jar, and I know that they are a hoodoo practitioner, therefore I cannot do it anymore. Gotcha. Okay. When that's just not the case. So that's what I'm enjoying, is there's finally, like, some true communication happening around that. That is nice. Okay. Cool. Sorry, that was a very long-winded thing. I, I was going to say, yeah, you were, uh, yeah, yeah, you were. How about of, you? What are you loving? You were, you were on a tear there. Um, what am I loving right now? All the things. Um, don't lie to me. I'm not lying to you. Um, I'm I'm loving that. Um, I'm loving that we're seeing, and this is gonna this is again gonna sound like, uh, but I guess this is the nature of this a segment like this, right? This is gonna sound uh, a bit divisive, perhaps, but I, I'm actually I'm loving lately that I've noticed more people who are legitimate spiritual seekers, people who are really trying to figure it out. For themselves, right? I'm I'm loving that more and more people now are noticing or are aware and honestly seeing the hypocritical nature and false and shallow spirituality of the new age slash slash light worker community. Oh God, why didn't I say that? Um, and we, I mean, we've seen that even just recent days. We've had um, some new students at the shop 
we've had um, interactions with some people that have been in that have been like, you know, I, for the longest time, you know, I believed this or I've had mm -hmm. other people tell me this is what this is. And, you know, and it's never really sat right with me, but until, you know, having an opportunity to study and to learn a bit more and to interact with witches and folk practitioners and people who actually are rooted in authentic spiritual practices, um, traditional spiritual practices, I, I didn't really have anybody to validate my feeling on this or to give me information that could prove to me that this light worker bullshit is, is just light that, worker bullshit. but it's bullshit, you know? Um, and I know I trash light workers, you know, a lot. I, I haven't really talked about light workers in the last few episodes. So maybe, maybe I was due to, to, to rip on the light workers again, but, um, anyway, but I'm liking that. And I, and I want to clarify, it is not that people are, it's, it's not about trashing the light workers. Once again, as someone who teaches, it has more to do with the desire uh, or, or that I have to make sure that people get the right information, yes. that they get good information. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> well, and we also need to make sure that our listeners understand that when we're talking about light workers, we're not talking about light work. There is a difference. Exactly. Oh, yeah. We're not anti-light work, although I will say that light work isn't really a... Light work's not really a thing. Light I mean, work falls light, into the realm of healing. Well, well, I mean, it's other things, though. You know, like, I mean, it's... Uh, light, light work could be lots of different things. Yes. But, um, you know... I mean, there are ways to heal with necromancy, you yes, know, which, which I don't think anybody would consider light work, you know, but, um, anyway, so, but the point is, is, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying that we're seeing people who are now kind of more cognizant. They're more aware of like, oh yeah, I, I, I can kind of see that this isn't like, there really isn't the truth to this that maybe I, I initially thought, thought there was. So I'm loving that. Um, oh geez. I don't know. Is there anything that I'm not really happy about at the moment? Mm-hmm. I can't really think of anything. Nothing specific. I think I think I've we've wasted enough time. Anyway, I um, I'm not really hating anything either. I well, mean, that's good because it's not good for beyond, you. Beyond beyond the regular like like really like people self appointing themselves high priestesses, and I'm like, you can't. Oh yeah, I guess that, that would works. be if there were one thing. Yeah, you know, I guess you and I both could probably throw out there that was kind of kind of irritating us lately is this rekindled debate over deity work well and i do it this way because that's what i do well and i think it's it's basically it's it's Fuck. to extend or, or to expand upon that it's not really books. it's not really deity work because really to be honest with all the different people practitioners spiritualities there's no one right way to do deity work um but i but i have noticed in recent days there's been this um there's been more conversation around the things like like god spousing and people who are claiming to be avatars for particular deities okay Alistair Crowley yeah, people people claiming you know like I'm I'm this god in human form you know and I no bitch you have mental illness yeah and I'm just gonna say like the if, ego if you, you are listening Ugh. to this podcast and you actually believe that you are a god in human form you're not that's not how that works you are dealing with two very different forms of life humans and gods are extremely different energies and not the kinds of energies that really could be brought together mm -mm. in that kind of a way so um all i'm going to say is if you believe that please just do a little more research you need to need to look into a few more of the older just go to a psychiatrist medivac yeah that might be necessary go as to a well. psychotherapist yeah. and get some of those delusions of grandeur um, kind of placed out of your brain because that's that's not healthy for you or the people around you. Yeah. Well. Anyway. So. But yeah, yeah I, I I am saying I am saying that I sh I shared a video and I got I got a a, a flack back from like you shared one a video. I I did a video on TikTok of like mm. what it looks like 
to actually work and foster the relationships with your spirits. And of course, mine's going to be different than someone else's. But the commonality is that it's not just like, Haha, I'm sitting eating Cheetos, watching reruns of The Office, and that's how I connect with my deity. That's that's not. Yeah. That's not. Those are very human things. That's how you're connecting with you. That's not how you're connecting with your deity. Yeah. When you're connecting with a deity, a spirit, or a god, or a goddess, whatever the fuck you want to do, um, it's work. It is being a living embodiment of that deity. Yeah. It is. It is. You know, if you are someone who works with Hecate, it is doing all you can to make sure that marginalized people have a voice. It is doing all you can to make sure that if you see someone who needs help, you help them. It is is doing all you can to make sure that you are being a good person. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, and it could be, you know, it could be something that could be like a fairly mundane. Like this is something that I kind of. I might be inclined to do every day anyway, mm -hmm. but but it is going to be made different because your intent in that moment exactly. for what you're doing is going to be very exactly. Different. You know, um, just because you're a Loki practitioner and your life is chaos, it's that's not that's not how that's going to work. You know, you don't just get a run around throwing Cheetos at people in the name of Loki. That's that's not. That's, that's, that's not working with the deity. That's you just being an asshole. Mm -hmm. So do your research on those things. Anyway. Okay. Well, that's, that's enough of that. That way we were, that was messy. We were all over the place. Yes. And, and as often, is as often the case when we do this particular discussion, we, we get really preachy and judgmental. And I'm, I don't know that I like that. So maybe it'll be a while before we do this one again. Anyway, uh, Hopefully, those of you who, who listened to this episode, hopefully you've enjoyed some of the information that we presented. Is it preachy and judgmental, um, or are we just living up to our salty witch name? Um, well, I mean, we... Yes. Because... Yes. Because um, we're the salty witches. We're we not are the... the we are everyone's the, our friends and rainbows are... Well, no, I understand that. You know, but, you know, again, my, my main thing is, again, basically, you know, are, we, are we presenting good information? You know, that's I kinda, think we're presenting good information, even well, though I mean, it might sound uh, asshole -like. uh, Yeah, I guess. Eh, that's fair. Okay. Anyway, thank you so much again. Hopefully some of the information we presented is of value to you. Um, whatever platform you may be listening to us on, please, you know, go in, like, share, um, you Hit know. that follow button. Let us know. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, contact us. Um, again, I want to thank the uh, the listener who submitted uh, the questions that we addressed tonight on our topic of the genus loci. Um, if you have any other questions uh, on that or any other topic, again, please contact us. We're on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook if you still use it. Um, you can also contact the shop, Cat and Cauldron, and we will uh, we'll respond to you. Just let us know that that's what you're contacting us for. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. I think that's that's pretty much it. We shaved about ten minutes off of our episode. Well, they, well, it's not about you know like you know short episodes, right? But uh, but, well, it, no, is, but it is it is kind of nice yeah, not to like drag to that out unnecessarily. Yeah. Uh, in danger of dragging this out unnecessarily, I, I do want to say that we will be back next week. Um, I, I think our, our topic next week is probably going to be dream work. And astral travel. Okay. I think specifically. We've, we've talked a little bit about astral travel in prior, in a prior episode, but I don't think we really had a chance to kind of do a deep dive on that. So I think I think that would be a good one. All right. Yeah. And I think those two in particular, people people sometimes get a lot of, like, there's some confusion there. Yeah. Or like dream work, lucid dreaming, astral travel, what these things are. So so we'll be back next week with a, uh, an episode on those topics, uh, that, that topic. And, uh, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a good day. Or night. Whatever it is. <laughs>